Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Stables Podcast. This episode was recorded and in this episode we talk about playing very close to the line. If you could pay attention to one person in particular when you start to listen to this podcast, which is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. My guest on this episode was Jason Salemi. What year did you join uh, the University of Portsmouth? Um, I joined the University of Portsmouth in 2015. Yeah, 2015. So, so you might, I might have actually played against you then. I was what? at um, BNU University. We played Portsmouth at your ground. You, oh, yeah. Do you know it was lights towards the end of the game? The, there were floodlights. You know, funnily enough, I was actually at a family event. So I didn't yep. actually play that game. That was the one game I missed. That's um, ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So basically, another, a big point about what this podcast is about is that we talk about the different journeys that all of us take into American football and where it takes us. Yeah. Now, the interesting part with your story is just looking at it from University of Portsmouth, being a part of the Blitz, going to Dresden, signing yeah. to Dresden, with that experience with signing with Dredston, getting invited to the CFL Combine. Now, I think that journey, I just want to say, 100% com- commemoration to all of the effort that you've backed yourself with. And I really wish okay. that from after this conversation, that I will do everything in my power to make sure that you, you stay on that same path. Because it's very difficult in this country that when we start to try- play this sport, because ironically, it's not called English football, that it, the... No. The understanding of support in the community that we have in American football is so unique that when people like yourself get the opportunity to the CFL Combine, get to sign a contract, that this is the nearest thing that we get to see in the UK as like seeing your friends sign for Man United or see things yeah. like this. So yeah. whatever, where I'd like to start is you said you started at 14. Where, yeah. how, what was it that got you into it? Was it friends? Was it the area? What was it that started you off at the age of 14? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my friend Carlos, uh, he bought the Madden game. I think it was Madden 09 or Madden 10. I can't remember. He was the first one to play it. And he got so interested in it that he actually thought, you know, I want to try the sport in real life. So he found the London Blitz in Finsbury Park. I grew up in Wood Green in North London. So it was just literally a five-minute bus ride away. Yes. Um, so Carlos found the London Blitz um, and him, uh, my friends, Mike, uh, Alex and Dwight, they went down first. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually join till much later because I was playing football at the time, uh, soccer uh, for Finsbury Park FC. So Finsbury Park FC folded. And as a result, I joined the London Blitz and uh, the rest is history. OK, so when you when you talk of them, when you were at the Blitz and how it is with going to flag, going to junior, going to senior... Now being yeah. a part of the being a part of Portsmouth University, do you yeah. see that there is something very unique with which is in London? I say this with mm. London, as I said this as I spoke to a previous uh, on a previous podcast with Andrew Morgan. That is it because of the sort of area that this is why yeah. these programs develop p- people like yourself and keep you keep you involved. That you go flag junior senior GB junior GB senior. Like is, um, it the, is it is it the is it like is is the motivation they provide to you or is it just the self belief because it goes hand in hand you have self belief and you have yeah. the coaches but I really think there's something about these the environment that you're in that makes you go forward. Um, you know, it's 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 weird for me because when I first started playing American football, I was in no way, shape, or form one of the most talented players on my team. Um, you know. I, I, we had guys running four threes like laser times um, mm-hmm. by the age of like 17. So with me, it was, first of all, I always have this thing um, and I still have it today where I really hate being rubbish and stuff. So when I started playing American football, I wasn't very good. And I, I, I thought to myself, how do I get better? So I kept going to different camps and speaking to coaches and stuff. And as a result, you know, I started to develop a bit physically, going to DSA, uh, with Dynamic Sports Academy, which is based in Sydney Park as well. They were at the London Blitz. Uh, started to develop physically. And an- another another influence for me was my family. Um, my mother, who unfortunately passed away when I was 17, 
Um, she was, she, uh, thank you, mate. Um, she was very, very supportive of everything that any all three of us wanted to do, me and brother and sister. So when she realized, uh, from sort of the age of 16 that I really enjoyed playing American football, she actually allocated, you know, financial resources and just, just emotional support to me getting better. And th that, that is, and combined with the fact that the London Blitz coaches are, you know, literally people that I've grown up with. So, Coach Henry's known me since I was 14 years old. I'm 25 now. So he's, he's known me for, you know, just under just under half my life. And seeing that there was a pipeline to to the the senior team as well, you know, I, I grew up with Understood. Yeah, I grew up with James James Connolly um and, and Daniel George, who are my coaches at Flag, and Leon Green as well, and Jermaine Henry. Like all my coaches at Flag played for the senior team. And I used to go down and watch the senior team compete against um, compete against European opposition, against American guys, literally 10, 15 minutes from work, literally where I lived. So so all of all of those things, coaching, family support, you know, friends. And I guess my own determination kind of uh, drove me to, to, to go into the senior team. Um, of course. Of course. No, yeah. Because the reason why I'm asking this is because obviously where we are in Kent, I don't know yeah. if you ever get to come down to here, is that it doesn't... It, it, it doesn't really work that same way around here. Like we obviously yeah. we have sport, but if you if you're in Kent, if you're gonna if in, in my personal opinion with being involved in schools, if you was to really look at trying to do well and make money and pick a sport, you pick rugby because you've got yeah. the good rugby networks down here. Then you go to then you've got sort of Blackheath, and then you could go to a team like that. And if you get into there, well, the yeah, world's your oyster then. But it, and it's very difficult to try and convince people. Like even look at journeys to drive down to where Kent is. It's you if you're only yeah, driving it's, down to Kent, if you're trying to go to Dover to leave to to get to go to <laughs> France. It's, it's, yeah. it's very difficult to to sell it because it's at the same point as for yourself to go from London to Portsmouth. Portsmouth Destroys is a fantastic program. They've won titles Absolutely. and they've been very consistent. So Absolutely. it's a very easy selling point for you. Yeah. Now, if we're to get, so for instance, like if I was to be on a sales call to you and try and sell you Kent, it's a very yeah. hard sell. It's a bit mm. like what you see in the NFL and, and things like this. So touching on when you went to a GB Junior, is yep. it, was it, it now I, I know from being a part of when I was invited to camps and stuff when I was like 17, 18 and being at Kent and I got invited to a, a um, something at the David Beckham Academy. This mm -hmm. was one of those yep. moments that makes you go, wow. Like for yeah. me, as I'm, 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 a, I'm from a small town. We don't have anyone that plays American football around here to the levels. Yeah. But when you, so like being, be, going from the Blitz to going to GP Junior, is the adjustment like being in the football academy? If you understand what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, because of how they make you, how they make you conduct yourself, just how you treat the sport. Um, it, so I, I was quite fortunate because most of my teammates, um, and best friends that I, I grew up with playing American football and a lot of them end up playing for GB Juniors as well so I was familiar with everyone there but when I got there um, like you say uh, I knew quite a few players I played against like from against Hampshire I knew Jack Verlin he, he played for GB I knew mm -hmm. Chris Wedderburn from from different camps and different pride camps and stuff like that um, mm -hmm. but it was it was it was a, a little bit of a step up I noticed the, the speed of the game was quicker I noticed that my technique had to be perfect because I couldn't get away with going up against guys that uh, that aren't that physically developed. These guys, these are all guys. These are all guys that have high school offers, or guys that are trying to go to to play college football, or guys that are, that are at the top universities in the country. Um, and I was, I think, I was, I think I was seventeen when I when I went to my, to my first trial. So, you know, I was one of the younger guys there, and I really had to step up my game. Uh, but I was, I was really fortunate. I had uh, Coach Biggs. He was. The, just one of the best DB coaches I've had. He completely transformed my game. Um, and Coach Damien as well, who's the head coach for London Blitz, he was there as well. And so it, it was nice having a coach you're sort of familiar with. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed, like you say, when you when you go to um, an international trial or practice, you know, you really do have to bring it. And, and the game does move a bit faster. But, you know, when you're, when you're around it, sort of week in, week out, like I was at juniors, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't too difficult to adapt. No, and then obviously when you then go to Portsmouth, it's like taking that, being working in an office and understanding how you should be, that when you go there and you understand that you may be 
better at other things than other players. But you, because you come dressed up in a suit, it yeah. makes everyone else then start to think, hang on, maybe I should start changing the way I feel. Maybe I should start doing this. Because yeah. the reason I'm, I'm getting at things like this is that when I was 18, I got two choices. Mm-hmm. So I, I got into Loughborough and then yeah. I got into um, being a university. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the way the sport has gone now, just ten year, nearly 10 years on, yeah. Loughborough is sending people to the development programme. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I see that, <laughs> I see that now, kid going now, yeah. Yeah, now the other side, being used programme doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But now it's the port of this is, this is, because my degrees are in sports psychology, this is the part I'm trying to touch on with this podcast, is like, even, even if, just look at the two journeys that I could have had and even look at the ones that you've gone on. Yeah. It's, there, is a, there is like a common trait that all of us seem to have that mm. we seem to just, it doesn't matter what it is, we've got to adapt. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I don't know, I, I, don't, I, I, would, I, I think it's the youth coaches that we, that we get in this, that start in this country that have done the journey. Yeah, I think yeah. it does come down a lot to the people that have done the, the journeys, the, the sort of people that have been around the block that tell us, hang on, think about what you're doing. Think about where you're going, because you when you get to this point and you realise you haven't had it, it's, it makes you think of it even in a whole different level. Yeah. So touching yeah. on getting to Dresden. Mm-hmm. Now, that's now when you when how when you have these conversations is it one and you speak to the teams and the sp- teams speak to you yeah. how how was that process because when you try and go on euro players and you try and go on podium and you try and go in all of these things you've got like 45 people online and you see four coaches you know every single one of those people is messaging that same coach absolutely and, and it is it's a very it's a very difficult different way of having to do like a cv yeah in, in like you obviously you have your sporting CV, but it's everyone has a different personality and it has to fit with cultures. It has to fit. It, it's very different to just do it being being a job in the in the normal world because can you do that job efficiently? Okay, you're hired. Yeah, it's very different. It's very different in that way. So I really want to touch on like how was that process in the communication with Dresden? How yeah. how and um. It it was it was a pretty interesting one actually. So you know, decided that I want to go play in Europe and stuff, and and travel um, with my other half and stuff like that. So we were looking at. I was, I was speaking to quite a few teams originally, um, and I asked a friend of mine, uh, one of my my, my mentors really, um, uh, Kojo. He's, he's uh, an older player from the Blitz, a few years older than me, and I asked him how he did it because he went out to play in Helsinki a few years ago and won a championship. So he sent me the template to his uh, sort of like. CV slash covering letters sort of thing to, to message teams. Uh, so I bought a subscription to Euro players and I basically messaged every single team in the top leagues in Europe, every single team. Um, and, you know, half of them ignore you. Some of them get back to you, say they're not interested um, and, you know, so on and so on. And this is, this is I'm talking after the CFL combine. So it must have been, this, this is uh, about a month or two of just, consistently talking to teams, talking to teams, talking to teams. Um, and originally, I, I, I was on it, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think that, um, that a GFL team would get back to me just because of the standard and the, the fact that I hadn't played in Europe the window, yet. yes, I understand. It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, without realising how, it, it's very difficult to explain to anyone, like with sport, that we have such a small window that if we don't chuck everything in at that moment in time, we're going to think, oh no, that's it because because you know the clock's ticking. Like as soon as you turn that clock over, you, as soon as you turn the hourglass over, and so then you heard back from Dresden, and obviously, yeah. uh, and then and then COVID happens. Now, yeah, I mean, it, no, uh, sorry, um, it's just the way it happened with Dresden was funny because originally, um, I messaged Dresden and, and Coach Alts got in, got in, in touch with me, and you know, he told me, you know, we like the we like your film. Um, but you know we're just we're just not interested. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So I moved on to another team. Two weeks later, he came back and said, actually, I think there's a way that we can make this work, etc. And I ended up signing, signing to Dresden. Okay, and so then what happens? So obviously, every you get all prepared as everyone does with, yeah. with all this, and then COVID happens. Now, yeah. I would like to say I would like to say a commem- commemoration to you, Dresden for obviously understanding the situation. 
understanding yeah. that it's very difficult that I know that with Dresden with the situation that ha- has happened in the world right now that Dresden taking you back I know for sure just in communicating with you for 15 minutes that I know that they're going to get 100% 10,000 times more of their money back just because Absolutely. of doing that and I really I really I can't wait to see your journey starting from from there and onwards now yeah. moving you, on from Dresden You've spoken. You've 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 touched on a small bit about the CFL Combine. Now, as I yeah. said again about June, um, Blitz to then GB Junior and then to University, uh-huh. the CFL Combine. Now, if you've done other combines, was that combine? Did it feel different because you saw the logo? Was it that that yeah. made you think I've got to go even another level on top of that, or what? What is it that made you go that way? Um, well, the last combine I did before the CFO combine, I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't done, hadn't, I'd done combine pep in absolute years. Um, but I, I saw an opportunity, uh, it came up, you know, and I, I applied because I thought, you know, shoot your shot. I think yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I might as well shoot my shot. You know, there's the saying is you shoot a hundred percent of shots you don't take. 100%. So I shot, I shot my shot. And funnily enough, literally, uh, about a month before I applied for the CFO combine, I actually, um, developed a pretty rare um, illness um, at the bottom of my foot, which basically rendered me unable to walk for about two months. So I didn't get the physical prep that I would have wanted going into the combine, but I did spend a lot of time uh, prepping the mental side of it and how I'm going to approach the combine on the day. Uh, and it was, you know, it was very, very different to the last combine I did uh, when I when I was 18. The the first thing I noticed was, you know everybody there was um an air of sort of anxiety but also a lot of excitement you know a lot of people there excited to, to showcase their abilities as they should have been um it was very professional um you know you meet the, the you meet the guy basically who's second in charge of the, of the whole entire league you know and that's the first mm-hmm. person you meet um you know it was, it was awesome having uh, one of my best mates there and, and his girlfriend and my girlfriend was there as well uh, they came to watch and it was just it was, a, it was a great day I really enjoyed it as a really good experience so I just want to touch on something that you you picked up on which is another thing that I really think listeners need to when people that w- need to take on is that you took yeah. part in doing mental preparation for the combine absolutely now, yeah. what was it you was doing now I'm going to say a few things here just looking at so is it like repeated affirmation is it yes, just a lot of, of that. a lot of is it like the repeated affirmation in terms of, of positive positive thoughts but also calming yes. thoughts a lot yes. of with the with the sentences in which you say it makes sure it has enough pauses so when you're t- saying any sentences your your breathing becomes a lot slower your breathing becomes a lot yeah. calmer and that yeah it was it was it was um so uh, my older brother actually um he used he used to listen to a lot of positive affirmations so I really uh, stole it from him and I found one on YouTube a uh, sort of 30 minute cycle of words that I can say to myself before I go to bed of course. or whenever and it, it really honestly really did I didn't think that it would but it really genuinely did help because you sort of like you say it does calm you down but it also just affirms your the ability you have to yourself um, knowing that you're basically going to do something um, at a combine that you've done since you're 14 years old and just having that ability to know that you've, you've done, you've had the reps before you've, you've, you've yep. prepared as best you can leading up to the combine, you know, and now it's just about showing yourself off and, and speaking to scouts whenever they come to you and showing the kind of person you are. Of course. So, yeah. The positive, positive affirmations, you know, of really, really, really recommend. Of course. See, see when I'm, when I think of positive affirmations, you, uh, a lot of people talk about it in business, but I think in sport, it works the same way. I think it's very mm-hmm. important that you do repeat it and stuff like, and, and repeating it to yourself. Now you do get the self-confirming bias by doing yep. affirmations and, and it, mm-hmm. it does help that way. But it, you have to also remember, as you've said, You've done done it from fourteen to the age you are now. Like you see in yeah. the NFL, and you see these guys talk, and then they say to themselves, "You've done this before. You've done this before." But this is that, this is that annoying thing that I think every sports player knows. It's like I've done enough of this since I've been a kid, but I still Absolutely. get nervous. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. No matter what way. you, 
it's it's a very difficult thing to get your to be calm, to be a hundred percent all of that. It, it's it's yeah. a very difficult part to to get to. Now, when when we talk, so you've had all of so you've done all of this part, and then you had your foot, and then you spoke to the people. Did you get odd questions? Now, the reason why I'm touching on odd <laughs> questions is because obviously, as I'm saying, with a sports psychology background, I've got a question yeah. that. I want to I want to ask people like yourself that get to these points because this question yeah. that once I say it afterwards I'm going to explain what it get what it gets at is you're on a you're at a, you're on a bus the bus has gone round yeah. the corner it's on icy roads mm-hmm. it's going at a hundred miles an hour where are you on the bus? Um, I've actually heard this question before. I think I'll probably be at the front of the bus to be honest. Yeah. Now this is this yeah, is the point, the point. That, but that it makes you think about is at the front of the bus. Then the next part is, are you driving the bus? Uh, I don't have my license, but no. But if you, I do, did... you see what I mean with the? Yeah, it's a very open question. That what yeah. what it does, and it's a very 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 that I hope we're just having this conversation that what you deduct from what I'm getting at is is that you could be so prepared, and then they ask a question that's so objective. It's the same thing yeah. when you play the game and you're lining up in your position you've been at and then you see something you don't have and it's like you've got to prepare yourself without realising you've got to prepare yourself. So when you yeah. get... So, for instance, the kind of things you get from personalities is where are you on the bus? I'm driving the bus. Okay, why are yeah. you driving so fast? But then it's like yeah. I'm driving so fast because the driver wasn't able to do it so I've now got to slow us down, coming around the corner and bring us to, a, bring us to control. Now, just looking at that answer, that's the same thing with positive affirmation. Like you've just come in as a backup QB or whatever it is. You've just come in. Yeah. You've got to silence everything down. You've got to now understand your job. It's it's something that I hope that you can do you understand the kind of idea that I'm getting at. That when yeah, you yeah, carry definitely. on, when from every moment you carry on, you carry on keeping with this idea because the, I think personally, from just still still talking to you, this is the idea that's got you this far. This is yeah. what's going to keep going, making you go forward. And there's no reason you should ever think that the CFL isn't isn't there, because no, it, it's just like every, every opportunity is there. Like there's stats that people need to think about, even if like when it comes to sport, is we produce enough energy to power just the single electrical energy. You you produce enough electric electrical energy that can power up half of San Francisco's electrical grid. Now, That's if amazing. you're working for a business. The lights on that business are going to stay open a very long time, aren't they? If you've got more than one employee and you've got things like that. So when you have that energy, it's all about focusing and channeling it. Now, so with the coaching that you've had and with everything you've got, Mm -hmm. speaking about A1 Elite, has his direction he's put you at made it it feel a lot easier? Because obviously we can train and lift and do all of these things ourselves. But when you've got someone that makes you click your fingers and go, hang on, Think of this a different yeah. way. We've got to prepare another way. How Absolutely. important has Marcus's point been, not in your journey, but just looking at it in what he's done as a whole? And then how yeah. important has it been? You know, like, obviously, you get a, you're preparing to go and then you don't go, but you've still yeah. got to keep ready. It's like the same thing with a fighter. You get called up for the fight, the fight gets called off, but you've still got to stay active because you've still got to do it. How much, yeah. is a, how much of a part has Marcus played and what is what is so unique that we that Marcus can do that we need yeah. more people doing this? For instance, in Kent. I mean, so when I I met Marcus at the CFL Combine um, for the first time, I I knew who who he was uh, sort of vaguely, but I met him at the CFL Combine, and during during um, the first lockdown in March, um, I wanted you know to to have a bit more of a professional approach to my training, so I, I messaged him, and you know he sought me out of a plan. And the first thing he said to me was, you're not going to lift weights for about six weeks. And I was like, what? And he was like, you're not going to lift weights for six weeks. And I asked him why. And he said, you can already squat two times your body weight, right? That's more than sufficient enough to produce enough force to get faster. I said, well, how am I going to get faster? And he said, sprinting. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. And he he basically um, changed my mindset to 
Why are you training? Are you training to get tired? It's like a sensei. It's a sensei. Exactly. It's the same. It's the same sort of idea with obviously the question I said, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't. I do want you to carry on, but it's a it's a fantastic way that makes you develop so much faster. By yeah. like when you get a problem and you're doing it this way and it doesn't work, and then you get someone that just turns it upside down, and then you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, so he said, do you want to get? Better, do you want to get tired or do you want to get better? And that that question, honestly, I, I literally sat there looking at my phone for maybe about two minutes thinking, what have I actually been doing? Because when you think about training, when you think about football training, especially go to the gym, lift heavy weights. And when you think about how the game is played, right, it's not a linear game. Mm-hmm. So lifting a, lifting a heavy weight up and down, in, in a straight line is great, you know, a lot of benefits to weightlifting, absolutely. But the biggest benefit to getting better at playing American football is actually playing American football. The movement and, patterns. Exactly, and, and copying the exact movements that you're going to that you're gonna partake in on game day. And, like, understanding that in the last sort of past year, basically year, has completely changed my outlook on training, my own training, uh, my diet, I sleep and, and and everything in between, and I only I honestly can only re- really attribute that to Marcus. I never, you know, he would send me articles, um, you know, from people that I'd never heard of, and he's showing me all these different weird movement patterns and stretches that are all making sense, and he has me moving in a different way to how I, how I had done since I started playing the game, and you can sort of when do you get good good coaching you sort of connect the dots by yourself and then you can sort of see where it's taking you or how this movement leads to this and this moves to this and this leads to being able to break on a football because you now have the physical physical capability of doing it before you're just using your eyes and of course and it is it was it's really it's really good it's something that i think a lot of british uh american football there's quite there, there are some coaches that do it you know my guys at uh, at performance they do it as well where yes. they, re- they really prioritise moving and being able to do the things you need to do on game day rather than just going to the gym and slogging out squats of for twenty reps. There's no, there's no, there's not, not there's no point, but it's you know, it's not as necessary. I, 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 I completely agree because there's two points, there's two sort of examples that I, I, that is confirming what you're saying and what Marcus has got. So you've got. Alvin Kamara, and you see what he does with the ball when you see what he does with the balance. Absolutely. Now, if you look yeah. at the way he runs and stuff, it's the same thing. He knows he's going to get knocked, but it's not like a big knock. It's like, you know, you're going to have to stabilise in a way yeah. that it makes sense to your position. So, yeah. and it's the same. And, and then, well, I've got another example again. There's, there's two pits to Aaron Donald's example. Now, obviously, training with knives is yeah, a little bit that, extreme. Yeah. But yeah, there's 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 two parts to it. Okay, how much more do you not want that person to put hands on you because he's got a knife? Mm-hmm. So every time you look at the person he puts hands on you, you think there's a knife. You're going to put a lot more. Do you see what I mean? The fight or flight Absolutely. response is a lot higher in that part. Yeah. And then the second part is knowing that you're going to get used to people trying to put hands forward. So you then it's the it's that same it's that same part again. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you've got the uh, weird sort of dexterity movements that are very conf- they can that people they can look confusing yeah. look at what conor mcgregor did with getting a movement coach that everyone thought was a little bit silly a little bit little bit out there but yeah. then if you look at the movements what he's teaching him is why are you only doing this one way you need to look at this as a rubik's cube Absolutely. so then it's all about being fluid and then you see in same thing with martial arts and same things when you see Dwight Freeney's spin move, like you see people's chop club rip, it's the same thing. It's that fluidity in doing it. So because you've done it so many times, like here's here's a good point that I, 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 I think I've got another one for you that Kobe Bryant said. Now, if you told me I had six, I had 24 hours to cut down a tree, I would spend 22 hours sharpening, sharpening the ax. So Mm -hmm. it's that same point again. The more you sharpen those tools that got you to the got you to the game, got you to the dance, it's more it, it does play a massive effect on it. Absolutely. But now looking at being said with what Marcus has done, 
Yeah. Do you think that, that Marcus's idea and system is something that we should be doing a lot more universally around the country? Mm, because I, the diff- yeah. the difficult the difficulty difficulty is is that we got lots of people that will buy the product, but we've only got a few amount of salesmen. But the problem with the salesmen is they've only got so much so much amount of time. And yeah. the same thing as you get with professional coaches and personal trainers, it's very difficult to diversify your time. But then trying to do an in um, a blanket sort of exercise routine is very mm. difficult again. Mm-hmm. So what so going if you was to look at Baffa, yeah, do you think we need to have obviously you've got coaching clinics, but do you think we need to have these sort of movement based sort of things need to be spoke more about? Because talking from what you've done from Blitz, talking to where you've gone to GB, going to overseas and getting to the CFL, do you think that the, these this part is one of them is more important than people actually think of in this sport? that we need to be doing universally. Yeah, it, it, I, I'd honestly say that, firstly, it comes down to having a growth mindset. A lot of coaches um, are obviously, most of them in this country anyway, are old enough to be our dads. And they, gr- they grew up, you know, training um, American football a certain way. And it, it is reflected in, you still get stories now of, of kids doing conditioning, running the length of the field like 20 times. And you think to yourself, why? Like, what? What is? What is the point? How is that applicable? So I think, in regards to getting this, uh, you know, rolled out sort of university wide and Baffa, I absolutely, I absolutely think that a lot more coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, or, or head coaches at different programs, universities, need to sort of look at how they're training movement and and what they're prioritizing. Now, it, it, it is different for every single athlete. You're going to get guys that are strong as hell. But are slow. Technique. It's all about technique. Exactly. So you get a six foot six guy, and you get his. But he's never known how to use his body that way. Absolutely. And then you have the people that have. Then you get, for instance, I, I do apologize if I butt in, but then you no, get those receivers that have great body control. So you have those very long, very lean people. Look at them, go. They're not very. How on earth do they get to play this sport? But because they've got such good body control, we're able to stretch and so forth that's another part of where what are you teaching them all you're teaching them is hand-eye coordination and yeah. making sure they know how to use their feet yeah. is it is a very much it, i do agree with what you're saying it is a very difficult point yeah and i think i think as well um it might come down to you know the coaches how they how they saw themselves as players as well you know i've learned a certain way and i was good at this that and the other so i want to coach these young kids to learn this way Yes, and 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 so on and so forth. But actually, you know, there is such a massive, massive spectrum. Like you said, n- there is no two bodies exactly the same. You know, I can have a a, a DB. I, I I played I played safety. I can have a DB who's five nine, you know, small as hell, and a guy who's six four, small, uh, massive. And I can't I can't coach them the same way because they move differently and have different movement patterns. So I think that, and you know, this takes time because. These coaches are volunteers for for the, for the most part, you know. We we have to respect that and appreciate that, but at the same time, just putting in uh, the the kind of work it takes to to look at every single player under your under your unit or on your team and figure out how they move and how they train and how they respond to different training training sessions and different stimuluses and and adapt. Yes, of course, because I I I'm a firm believer as you uh, on. A few um very clear statement. If you've been playing the sport from seven and you're playing it till the age of twenty one in America, you've got fourteen years. Yeah. You pick the sport up eighteen, nineteen at university. Yeah. Now what I do is obviously they teach you a position, but what you've got to remember is all the kids that were playing from forty from seven until they were twenty one, mm-hmm. they have not played the same position all the time. No. They've been doing different things. So the same point again on movement patterns that what I do is I, I try and teach people of it's going to change every time. The, the, not every snap is going to land in the same place to the QB. It's, you're not going to have the same landmark every time because you like, oh, no, it's going to be OK. But OK, but what happens if you take a step back and your foot don't move because you've stepped in some mud? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm, it's one, it, I'm very much one of those things is I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make you wrong. I'm trying to make you think. 
mm-hmm. because the thinking and the adapting that quick two second sort of getting it firing getting your brain firing getting it going that it is very difficult to try and win people over with that approach and then if you do the regimented we'll do it the same way as the nfl will do all the production that way that you are just doing you're doing the same thing but you're building an army yeah you're building an army of guys that have the same mentality that as soon as they put that helmet on it's a different mindset exactly that that with the blitz and with the warriors and with tamwer that mindset takes over everything mm-hmm. that do you think that as soon as you put that helmet on when you turn up at practice that it doesn't matter about what stimulus gets given to you because you've got a job to do yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the first thing is, you know, from the moment I, I joined the, the senior team, especially, it's, you know, it, it, it was different because I was 18 years old and you're now training with men. And these are men as in, you know, grown men. men. Yeah, yeah, men <laughs> you know, that, are, that, are phys- yeah. that are physically developed. And the second thing is you become aware of the history. You, I, I already know who wore my jersey number before I did. You know, and I know the, what, yeah. what kind of player he was, and people tell you about certain players, and coaches tell you about certain things and stuff. So when it's game day, you're not just playing for yourself. Um, you're playing. You are. I mean, at Blitz, we have a, a phrase called team, uh, team pride, family Blitz, and it, it really is a, about those those four things. You know, you're playing for a collective. Um, so, you know, one of the things that that I certainly struggled with at one point was was having individual moments um that are come in response to your ego you know you might get a, a, a personal foul here or or a pass interference where you don't need to be and those are those are egotistical fouls and as a and after a while playing you learn that those sort of penalties um reflect on your character but also reflect on your team as well you know they they hurt your team so yeah like you said you know it is about uh, the collective and knowing that if I let myself down, I'm letting all my my friends down. You know, and that's that's what it's all about. Really, football's a family game. Of course, but and then this is the part that I, I've from what you're touching on about um, representing yourself and stuff like that. Now, I was known on the team that I was at uh, 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 the university as that. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest; I was probably labelled a guy that was a bit of a dick. Because I'm looking at it in the way of a serious way. But also, I would be the person that would be your Lance Lance Stevenson. Yeah. You'd be the person that (laughs) I'm going to get in. I will poke you because, obviously, as as I'm saying, with my background in sports psychology, that as soon as I get you off your game for half a second... I've won. You've won. You've already won. And then the thing is, and then obviously the thing that you get is like, for instance, the position that I've I've always played is linebacker. Then awesome. what happens is that what what of course I'm gonna then know that responsibility that I got, even though the ego and all of those things, but I know that they run power, mm-hmm. and I know that that fullback is the guy that they they're relying on. Absolutely. They're not relying on the running back; they're relying on the fullback. Yeah. So then I have to look at the job that I've got. Maybe I got that personal foul. But that fullback thought a different way about coming into the hole, Absolutely, coming into yeah. that B gap to take it that way. Yeah. So I do, I do a hundred percent agree with what you're saying, but I think it does go part and parcel with ego, and something that you, you're one hundred percent. I know that you're going to go far in this sport is knowing your position, knowing your role. Absolutely. Yeah. That when you need to do that, and when people look at you and go, "Oh, come on," and it's like, think, think about it. Yeah. If even if I got done for targeting. Even if even as a safety and you get done for targeting, it's a is he going to reach out? Is the next receiver going to reach out next time for that for that for that ball? Yeah, I mean, what's he going to do? No, yeah. he's not going to. So you've done, even though you've done, you've done bad in that second. Just let it marinate for a minute. Yeah, let people think that. Oh, okay, it's not actually that bad. It, it it's actually worked in your favour because they now have moved the guys around, and then it's. It, it it's very difficult to go like even if you make the mistake you've then got to make it right mm-hmm. but sometimes just by making that mistake you have made it right yeah I see that uh so now we've touched I've touched on your I've touched on your your career that's still going yeah. I say career because it is a career that you've made of yourself it is something you you I 100% wish that you to carry on going into Thank you. that 
we've spoke about Baffa, yeah. but now let's talk about let's talk about some stuff that is a little bit different. That's a little bit more fun based. This now, like, so what's your opinions on the NFL that's happened? Yeah, based on COVID, based on everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. How? What's your opinions on what's happened in the NFL? And then we'll touch on a few things as we carry on going. But I just want to see. I want to see your mindset on the difference in that level, the top top level, yeah. and then how and seeing that you what how do you see the sport? Because I think that you all see the sport in a different way to most yeah. because of your journey. Yeah, I mean, so when when I watch the NFL, first of all, I usually watch it silent because I don't really I don't really like the commentary. Hundred percent, I I prefer that. And and I also like to hundred percent. I also like to. Um, a little habit I picked up. I, I like to try and guess the play before it before it happens. Yes. Um, yeah. And I like to watch position you play. Exactly. Yes, one hundred percent. It make it, it. Yes. No, I, I like I like to watch how the DBs align and stuff, and I like to see how big plays happen because what what you see from a usually a casual fan is someone will be like, oh, how how didn't how come you know that guy's not covering someone? How come that guy's wide open? I'll give you an example. Um, the Seahawks versus the Rams, DK Metcalf scored, scored a 60-yard touchdown. And I saw someone on Twitter say, ah, oh, Jalen Ramsey just got beat for 60 yards. And I was like, what? I was like, if you actually look at the play, it was a four-man rush in the Rams. Russell Wilson broke a sack. The safety to the backside of the play cheated and watched Russell Wilson break a sack. So he lost a half a second of concentration. DK Metcalf saw that, ran up the field and scored a 60-yard touchdown. Technically he didn't really beat anyone. He just made an awareness play and, and got rewarded for it. Yes. It happens, right? And so you, you, you develop these habits and you watch the NFL a little bit differently. You also learn um, as you get older as well that these players are human beings. So they, they suffer the same amount of microaggressions, um, lapses in concentration, anger, happiness, excitement that we do even, even at, at this level. And you, you even spoke about, um, you know, being one of those players sometimes who, who plays it very close to the line. One player I, I really like to watch out and watch out for this guy this weekend, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. His nickname yeah. at, at the University of Florida was the Mouth of the South. And he is he is honestly, he might be the best trash talker that we see in the NFL for a few years now. He gets people tilted as hell. I don't know how, I don't know what he says to them because you can't really hear it. But from from all reports on the Saints and and his Florida teammates and people that played against him, he is one of the best trash talkers. He gets people going, and he is going to be talking to Mike Evans, and he's going to be talking to Tom Brady, and he's going to be talking to Antonio Brown and all of those guys. And he's, I I genuinely believe that he will get someone to get to get a penalty. He, he does it every week, and yeah, see, and you, you see, yeah, yeah, see, exactly. You on. see, you see these players. Um, you know, you play. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I used to be a bit of a trash talker as well. Um, I played against players that that are trash talking. Some guys react, some guys don't. You have to kind of feel it out. But if you have the ability, like he does, like like you spoke about before, to get people off your game, off their game, you've won. You've already, you've already won. Hundred percent. Because I think what you're well, touching on with what Chauncey is is the same point. Is you got you got to remember every person gets to research their opponent now looking at it if you're looking at it again as i'm saying that i go from a very much an analysis point of view i don't think it's very good i don't think you're going to put your the the team's going to be put in a good space if you've got me seven days i get to look up who the team is i get to look up who you are on instagram i get to look up and find out what your name is but then this is the point of view that is that it's the same point it's like that's what got him to the game Now, it's that point of where you look at what Jalen Ramsey and you look at the Jags not liking yeah. it. Well, look at, look at it again. Did it get him to the dance? Mm-hmm. So let him be mm-hmm. him. But then the problem is, is that some people get inflated and it gets too much. Like even the Chauncey situation that happened with the, was it the Chicago it Bears? It was the fight? Bears, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> but, it, 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 but that's not, it doesn't, that's even... I don't even look at it as crazy. I just look at it as no, mate. You've got to be prepared. Yeah, that's who he is. That's you've got to be is. prepared. You've got to be prepared because it's the same point. It's when you get to the top, and you get it's like being a heavyweight champion. Now, okay, you're at the top. Everyone's clicking at your heels, but then if you've got the stick that is the stick stick that got you there, you start poking at everyone. What happens when someone takes the stick? You need to then think of 
Oh no, I've now lost. My, I've lost. My, I've lost yeah, the plot. Absolutely. But did he lose the plot? I don't think so because it's it works in another a level. Because if you look at sport and it is about imposing your will on the other person, absolutely, yeah. You get that. You basically got someone who's basically like you would get in American football, and I know for sure with London, you get the people that know about the road, know about sin, the sin stuff yeah, like that, yeah. and it's like. No, I'm silent now, mate. You've now crossed <laughs> yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've now crossed the line now, friend, my friend. Is that this is now this isn't football now. This is a different this is a different this is this is a personal situation yeah. now. That I, I, I will I will keep an eye on Chauncey um in this game because I do think that he's one of the I think that, that kind of personalities we're gonna see a lot more of stuff like that in the NFL. Yeah, I mean you, you um I, so, I, I I'll just quickly finish. I I had a Chauncey Garner Johnson on every team I played for. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, sometimes it was me. Sometimes it was it was someone someone I played with who could just talk and talk. And you you might you might think that it's not doing anything as his teammate, but that opposition player is just like this guy is annoying me. <laughs> He's not. Guy, I'm gonna yeah He's I'm gonna go game. get him after the next play. And then the whistle's blown, oh. and they try and crack you, and that's fifteen yards, and you, that's your job. That's that's your job done. That's it. That's it. That's it. No problem. Yeah. It's it's it's. It. But then when you get to the levels that you get in, like for instance, when you go to Dresden, yeah. you go to things like that. Like even though know, you, we everyone has those chauncey moments. Everyone knows when to pick and choose, and know that when to touch the line. And Absolutely, I know that yeah. whatever team listens to the topic that we're kind of getting at is that. Players have to control themselves no matter Absolutely. what. And that everyone knows when they're going too far and when they're not going too mm-hmm. far. And it all does come down to mm-hmm. ego. And a lot of it does become humble. Yeah. A lot of it, what you do when you're 17, 18, when you realise, hang on, I'm nearly 30. I've got kids. I'm, ne- I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the opportunity to have yeah. children. So why am, I, why am I shouting at this man that's got all of these things? Because you get the same point of doing it with a business mindset. you got Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing something. He sent a text message to J- uh, Jalen Ramsey and he said, hey man, I hope we're not going to have any problems because I wouldn't really want it to go that way. <laughs> and you know that, but you know that the person that you're talking to is like, my friend, I'm, I'm like a 10, t- I'm he's like a 10 Dan Yeah, Blackburn. he's 11. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna make, I could, I, I'm, I'm taking it easy yeah. on you because of longevity and Absolutely. stuff like that. Yeah. So, now, I've, I've been doing this with everyone. I'm going to look at the, the playoffs and do like a playoff yep. bracket. And I, I, you can talk as much as you want about each team. I'm just going to give you the matchups. Yep. You, you yeah, run with it. So, Rams-Packers, who are you siding with? Um, Packers. Uh, I, think that, I think Jared Goff, to be honest with you, I've never considered him a good quarterback. Um, he, even I in his best year, I, I, said, I said, you know, he is a, he's a direct product of elite coaching. You know, and you can't help that, but he yes. is he is what he is. He's not he's not a come from behind quarterback. You're not gonna hedge your bet on him. On the other hand, Aaron Rodgers to me is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I've not I've just I don't understand how someone could be that good at playing a position. He's got Devontae Adams. That's gonna be an interesting matchup with Jalen Ramsey, but Jalen Ramsey typically struggles against the quicker guys. Big guys like DK Metcalf, he's fine against because he's big himself. It's a yeah. bit easier, yeah, because you just know that he's just going to use his body. But then, if you was to give Jalen Ramsey someone like Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson's not going to be. He his size is just exactly. comes to him. He's not going to be. Do, he's not. It's a. It's a very different type of size type to DJ yeah, exactly. Metcalf. That I do agree with what you're saying. But then another part that I I I touch on about the Packers is Aaron Rodgers. To me, is a bit like your Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm is that it doesn't matter what... If you look at the teams he's been given yeah. and you look at it just like what happened to Michael yeah. Jordan, it doesn't... When he first started, Michael Jordan, the teams that everyone knows from the last dance, the teams weren't doing great, but they would they would yeah. compete. They would compete. But you just knew every game, Michael's going to be shooting 80% and every, you're going to be with a decent margin yeah. of the win. Same thing with Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers. But then you get him someone. Then you get him a Scott yep. Pippen. You get him a Devontae Adams who can take the game Absolutely. over in a way Absolutely, that's different. Yeah. That it, it 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 then becomes like 
it's not really you don't I don't think people when they watch the Packers and you watch Aaron Rodgers and you watch all of the things like how he just throws the ball and it looks effortless and you look at it like like it it's just it's just unbelievable to know that that's just god given that's just given yeah. to him that's just been he can just do that in a, in that yeah. way so i 100% agree yeah. with you that the packers are going to beat them 100% because even at their defense and looking at what they've done with money wise it's the same thing they did a while uh, they did a time ago when they did the same thing for Green Bay when they were when they were, when they were going mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. They invested a lot. So I do think that they 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 they're in a much better place there than they was before, even though they yeah. won it that time, just because they're they're a lot more solid. So then going on to the NFC, the next game, the Saints and the Bucks. Who are you siding with? Yeah, it, it's it's tough because I'm gonna I'm gonna say Buccaneers, and the reason I'm gonna say Buccaneers is because it is so difficult to beat the same team three times in one season. Like, it, it, it is so hard because you play, they're in your division, so you know them already. Now this is a win-or-go-home game, and it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like, he, he is... He, I know you said Aaron Rodgers is like Michael Jordan. Tom Brady is like Michael Jordan. He is obsessed. But is that Michael Jordan when he's annoyed? Exactly. He doesn't want to talk, but then it's like... It's like LeBron... It, he, it's like when Michael Jordan got to play, he must have had to play Magic yeah, Johnson. Exactly, yeah. It's like, my friend, I'm you don't even I've been playing as long as you've been you've been alive. And then the same part is every year you've been alive, I've made ten million of every year you've been alive, my friend. So we're not yeah. even in the same category. So I do agree with you with with uh, Tom Brady. Is there anything else you want to say about Yeah, Martinez? I mean, you know, Antonio Brown had practiced twice. Um, last time they played, the Saints Buccaneers played. He's had you know half a season, and he looks like Antonio Brown, which is which should. Yeah. I said this. I said this. I said this on the last podcast. I said exactly, exactly the same thing. This is just the Patriots thing they do. This is just something that Tom Brady knows. This is what you must do exactly going forward. Is that you must evolve. That even though they're prepared for that, we must still have factor. something that yeah. they and, don't and, know. And about. it's going to be it's going to be fun as well because. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson does play in the slot a lot, so he is going to see Antonio Brown a few times. And I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Antonio yes. Brown should win that matchup comfortably. But it's whether or not Chauncey can get him off his game. Because if he can talk to Antonio, we know Antonio has a temper. We know he can be a bit edgy. Um, and if he can get him off yeah. his game, then it's just regular Saints versus Bucks. And then it's Marshawn Latimer versus Mike, Mike Evans. Marshawn is... I don't know what kind of mental hold he has of Mike Evans. For some reason, Mike Evans does not enjoy playing Marshall Lattimore. So, so that's already a lockup. And then it's just the rest of the defense versus Chris Golden at that point. And, you know, as much as, much as I, love, yeah. I love Tom Brady, best player ever, he can't win with 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 just Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette. It's going to be, especially against the Saints defense. And then on the other side, you know, Drew Brees, he's on his last legs. You know, everyone would see it. But, I don't really know who in the Buccaneers is going to cover Michael Thomas one-on-one. He looks like he's fully healthy. But like I said, it all comes down to that A-B and, and Garner Johnson matchup, which I think... It all comes yeah. down to execution, this game. It's all about making it short yeah. percentages. And I do think that the Buccaneers put themselves in a position that you know that even like... What was it I saw for the Washington game? Robert Gronkowski ran like 10 routes. He spent blocking. most of the time single blocking yeah, Chase yeah, Young. Actually, yeah. So, <laughs> so even even just getting something like that. So you've it's it's a, it's an evolution part that I think that the Buccaneers do that is a Tom Brady idea that is something that we me me and you can clearly see and we've spoke about that happens in the UK is that mm-hmm. adaptability that as soon as you get that adaptability ball rolling, doesn't yeah, matter absolutely. what happens. You're going to be fine. I do think that the Saints, they'll they'll try they'll try their best to not be one dimensional, but then it will happen, end up yeah. becoming slightly one dimensional in parts. It will become a part of hang on if they single if they double bracket Mike Thomas and then Emmanuel Sanders has got the one on one matchup, but he can't seem to break free because we haven't got because the pass mm-hmm. rush is getting to us. Well, we're going to have to put Alvin Kamara out there. But then you've got the young guys they've got in the box because obviously they've played they try and run a lot more of that yeah. three four scheme. You're going to have two Absolutely. runners after you. You've got two guys that know you're going to get the ball. And the same point is again that we're touching on that they played three times mm-hmm. three times. You try and tell two guys 
<laughs> the third time playing the same yeah. the same team that they're going to want that guy to it's, 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 it comes down to that it's, individual yeah. battles I do think that it's it's a it's a fantastic point and I do I do agree mm-hmm. with what you're talking about so we'll go yeah. to the AFC now we can do the Clevelands and the Chiefs or do you want to do the Ravens I'll do Cleveland and Chiefs and a lot of people aren't going to agree with me but I think Cleveland are going to win and this is why the Chiefs defense is terrible. Like, like people, people don't realize yes. how bad they are because they have Patrick Mahomes or whatever, whatever on offense. Their defense is the worst red zone defense in the league. Like, it's like, and it's not really close. And the the Cleveland Browns are ridiculous in the red zone. They have two unreal running backs. Baker Mayfield is, is usually good. Is usually good in the red zone. They have a lot of targets. If if the Chiefs can keep the game between the twenties then they, they should be fine. But I don't think they'll be able to. I think Baker Mayfield is playing really, really well at the moment. Uh, Nick Chubb is just a grown man. And, and I, I, I think, I, I, get, I genuinely think... That's it. I don't think... I, 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 think, I, think, I think for the game, it does come down to that point. Like I, I spoke on the, on the last few podcasts about Cleveland's, like, just how they ran the, that ball that last game against yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, and that's the Steelers. Like that would be that that just that one game. I think it probably was a bit. It could even come down yeah. to three drives. Just looking at just looking at the blocking. Don't nothing else. How easily they could move grown men because they've got the size of the guys they've got on the O line. But I I just think that's the same thing that you do. You try and instill at pee wee football. You try and instill which Absolutely. is imposing your will. Now, if you've got some of the biggest guys you can possibly have against the Chiefs, and you know it's going to be. That game that is gonna that hopefully, as you said, keep it between the twenties. Well, we'll just take our time and we'll take we'll just try and control the game because the same thing that happened with the Patriots and the Patriots paid the Chiefs, um, and the and and the same thing that happened with the Chiefs and the Forty ers when Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw a pass for something like three yeah, hours yeah. or so. It's that same point that Nick Chubb is going to wear his team down. And that Kansas, I do agree that they are a one-sided team. It's a bit, it's it's kind of those situations you see in the NBA that you know they're all offense, yeah. but they're no defense. It's a bit like it's a bit like um, absolutely a Houston yeah. Rockets yeah. kind of situation absolutely. with the Chiefs. I do, I do see that it's all firepower, and yeah, they're going to score hundred points. But how many time, how many, how many oh, deep offensive rebounds are they going to get? How yeah. many? I do think the Chiefs. It's going to be. I think Baker's understood his position now and he knows that he's got yeah. the support now and everything's there. I do think that it, it, this is the point where Baker Mayfield needs to understand that he shouldn't be a Johnny Manziel. He just, should be a Baker manage Mayfield. Just manage the and game. I think that he, 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 just manage the game, this one. Just really just manage this game because I, I don't see... I don't see them... If they start running the ball and they start getting that momentum, it doesn't matter about, oh, no, we can just hold Nick Chubb. It's all right. We've got Kareem Hunt, a bigger, yeah. th- a thicker guy, different running style. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that you see. Now, this is why I, I, I touched on why we spoke about the yeah. Blitz and we spoke about that. Look at the same difference at the Blitz. Look at it when it goes to adult level. Look at all the different styles Absolutely. of running backs so you've got. Many. It comes back to that same... It's the same... It comes back to that same point of view that I don't think that coaches understand is that you need to put people you may have one position you may have that all-star athlete be that guy there but he Mm -hmm. needs to pick his moments I think that I think with the Cleveland and the Chiefs that if Cleveland understands it's your ball as long as you take your time it's you're gonna you're gonna run away with it uh, but it it then does come if Matt if, if Pat Mahomes can take over but it it's part and parcel. We've seen him take over and yeah. then he blew his knee. So it's, 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 it is a bit part and parcel with it. So then we'll, we'll finish up on the Ravens and the Bills and then um, we'll go. Yeah. There. This is, again, it's a really tough one. Um, I, 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 the reason I'm going to say the Ravens is because the, the way the Ravens run their offense with that two back stuff, that two back power sort of stuff. And obviously you get a read off it and you get counters off it as well in the run game. I, I, it is just so ridiculous. I don't know how you stop it. I mean, um, I don't know if you know Brett Coleman. He's a, an NFL guy. He does a, does some film breakdowns. Um, if, you, if you're ever interested to watch some of his stuff, mm-hmm. he 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 actually broke it mm-hmm. down, and it is an absolute nightmare. I watched the, the Ravens versus the Giants. Uh, I'm a Giants fan, and we have a pretty good defense. And I was actually pretty optimistic going into the game because I thought, okay, our defense is top ten in the league. 
They have one of the best D-lines in the league. We'd be able to stop these guys. They ran for 200 yards against us. And there, there was almost nothing we could do. They came out in two back. It was two back power, then two back counter, then QB power, then QB counter. And it was like, and you can't stop it because it's cold, first of all. And Lamar Jackson is a threat on every single play. There is there is not a player in the league like him. And I don't, I, I, as much as I like the Bills no. defense, they have just you know studs everywhere. I'm not sure they're going to be able to really get a, a stranglehold on Lamar, Jack, Lamar Jackson. And I think as, as good as Josh Allen's been this year, sort of MVP sort of level just below, it's it's going to be tough for him. I mean, Stefan Diggs against Marlon Humphrey, that's going to be another great matchup. Can't wait for that. But then it comes down to the other side of whoever whoever Marcus Peters is going to cover. I know Cole Beasley will be in the slot. I don't think Marcus Peters will travel. Or what they might do is they might put Marcus Peters on Stefan Diggs and put Marlon Humphrey in the slot as he, as he can play there. That's what I would do. I would take your biggest dude. That's what I've seen them do the best with the Ravens is when they've taken Marlon Humphrey and put him in the slot because you know that no, no, that no, dude's not moving. <laughs> the guy is... He's, and that's because I think he's the way he plays press, and obviously he's, he's got physical, some really yeah. long arms. So in the in the perspective, if you, if you get someone like Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. you can run the motion, but no, no, he's not going to move. It 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 does go to the same point. And I I think what you're touching on with Josh Allen, I see this matchup being a bit more like Josh Allen could start to become like the Ben Roethlisberger and start to build a dynasty. But the problem is, is I don't think. He has everything there for him at mm. Buffalo. I think with, as I spoke with Andrew Morgan about the offense that they run and how it is that it, it can work, but I think with how the Ravens will be, and the last game they had and they didn't run they, the pass, the passing was mm-hmm. a bit bad for Lamar. That you've got the both coaches, you've got one coach yep. that's won a Super Bowl. You've got and and also do do respect. They was on the same. They was a part Absolutely, of the same yeah. coaching tree. So they both have had connections mm-hmm. to the Eagles. That Sean McDermott has been a part of programs that have been yeah. there, but he's not won it. So it, they they've won at the top just because he's been there, and you know that they will have sent right. We didn't do well with the pass last week, and they're probably going to say, "Oh, okay, they're going to run that 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 and that. They're not too good with this." Right, we're not we're not yeah. going to do that. We're going to do something else. We're gonna show them. It's like it's like a poker card, and I think with the Ravens, they're gonna win that matchup pretty easily because if the Bills have lost one of their starting running backs, yeah, Zach Moss to is this out, game, yeah. Zach Moss, and you've taken, you've ta- you've lost him, and you know that it ha- it works well with the read option with Josh Allen because mm-hmm. of the size he is. It's Absolutely, like having yeah. Cam Newton again. It's it's the same kind of thing. But Devontae Freeman was on the practice squad. He's just been told, "Hello, mate. You, I know you may have been training, but now you've got to play the biggest game, like the second biggest game yeah. of your of your career, and it's freezing cold. And I don't think you've ever been <laughs> in this weather. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so getting yourself fit and ready, and knowing it's going to be cold, and then you've got Lamar Jackson that you 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 see it at a brick ball level, but you see it at university level, and you know when they just stick their yeah. best athlete, and you know a lot of it is shotgun. You know the problem is." Because it's just shotgun and he's getting the ball, you can't get to him because obviously he's four yards Absolutely. away from the line of scrimmage that he can just run away. And if he's got straight line speed, he's like gone. straight up, you, yeah, he's gone. it doesn't matter. It, it, there's not, there's not really much you can do. So I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm siding with the rat, the Ravens based on what they've done, not what they've done this year, but what they've done all together mm-hmm. and as a collective. And I, and I do agree with every <laughs> pick you've done. Because these are the picks I've said the same thing. Yeah. Well, I've said this in multiple episodes, and I think that a lot of the confirming biases that everyone is saying is the guys like yourself that study and have, are a student of the game. You can see where the game is mm-hmm. going to come down to that moment, and that if it even in it and it's and it's going to be a really good season. It's a really good set of games to watch because every team here has Absolutely, got a clear yeah. identity. Well, besides yeah. the Rams, yeah, yeah, they're. they're... It's you know it's it's honestly I feel I sort of feel bad for Sean McVay because he's put all of his money into this quarterback who's he's still young, but he's now realizing that he is not what he thought he was, and they've what they've now won enough games to be in a terrible position to draft a successor, so he's in he's in this terrible thing yes. where he has to try and find a way to trade Jared Goff. No one is going to want to pay a hundred million dollars for Jared Goff. Jared Goff. 
So he's either got they've either got to find a way to either release him, or they've just got to stick with him until until he's I think he's until he's twenty nine or thirty. So they've got yeah, because I think I think that I think with Jared Groff is the same. See, you 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 touched on it with the lead coach, and it's the absolutely same thing with yeah. Brock Osweiler. Now I'm a Houston, oh, I'm a Houston Texans fan, <laughs> and you look at the situation. You look at that situation just with Brock, you see that contract, you see and knowing that the only reason you did well is because Peyton Manning was the OC. So he's going to give you timing routes. It's just about put the ball there based on that point. Jared Groff is 100% in the top five in the the league when it comes to timing. Like if you give him a script, you give a a guy like Jared Groff a script, he can pick up momentum but the problem is I don't know I think it's just something about his personality he's, he's, he doesn't he's, what, what it is with Jared Goff is like you said timing routes are all great but what happens if you have a timing route you're going to throw the slant and Jai Alexander's right there that, that's when that's when he's sort of like oh what, what do I do now and he just either he, he usually just eats the ball takes a sack and he's not very mobile so he tries to get out of the pocket and throws it away which is fine you can't do that for four quarters, and that's why I think they're going to lose the game. Yeah. So I've all, I'm we're, we're coming up to the end of this podcast, and I, I'm I don't Matt, apologize if this is over around, but I think this yeah, has been really a fantastic good, really conversation. Good. That I would like to I'd like to give you the moment that if there's any anything you yeah. have that is sponsors or anyone you would like to speak about that I'm that what I would like to do is that if there's people that you speak about, I will want to approach and ask these people more questions. Like I do, I will, I do want yeah. to speak to Marcus Ubanski because I think that his, his, the conversation I'd have with him, it'd be something like a joke. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like a scent. I, I can, I can just feel the, you're looking at it the wrong way. The door is not the door. Like, it, yeah, no, he is. It, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's not a silly way of thinking, but it's just a. I just think that it's, it's perfect. So I'd like to give, just give the floor to you. And you, yeah. if there's anything you want to shout out? No, as you know, I just want to give a shout out to Exosuit. Obviously, I'm a, I'm an Exosuit ambassador. Um, you know, they have the Exo One out as a sort of a compression top, and you know, I, I don't usually do the whole like gimmicky thing, and you know. But when they approached me and they sent me a, a sample of their top, you know, I tried it out for a month and it genuinely feels like someone has given you a helping hand in every single upper body movement you're doing. Um, it is, it's a really good top. I'd recommend it for anyone. Um, it's a great top. Obviously, give a shout out to, to A1 Elite and Marcus. You're, you're, you're going to love Marcus when you speak to him. Give a shout out to my guys, Michael Glenn at ATP, um, the whole London Blitz family um, and the Dresden Monarchs. That's brilliant. Thank you. I will say thank you, Jason. And if I speak to you again, I w- and if I don't speak to you again, but I, I pretty much doubt that, that you've got, you're going to have a lot more support yeah, coming from down in Kent. We're going to support your journey and make sure that people keep an eye on you. And I know that your career is just uh, barely even getting started. I don't even think you've even thank put you, key in the ignition in my eyes. So I think that you're, I really think you should just carry on the way you're thinking and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Thank you, so mate. Thank and, you and, very and much for your time. Really, really good job on the podcast. I actually forgot to say, if you don't mind me saying, I have a, I have a podcast myself. Of course. Coming out. Uh, it won't be out for a while, but you know, you'll see it on social media, but. That's fine. You're happy to bring happy. You happy to talk? To, send me anything you need, and I'm happy to plug your podcast. Happy to Thank come you, on, mate. talk whatever it is about, because this is what we need to do more of in the in, yeah. in the in this industry and in this sport. So, yeah, no, cheers, Thank mate. you very much I'm, once I'm, again. Before I quickly butted in, but no, really, really, really good job on. Uh, on the podcast. Such a great conversation, and um, and yeah, yeah, can't wait to see how far it goes, man. Oh, 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 oh,